2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line-up of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free. In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk
1: Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.
0: Danilo's free. and he goes to Gibson. Down First time we've seen them attack them, and
3: there's Brandon! Well, that's what I've wanted to see Robinson do. Tyler
4: one he scores! And the sticky ground goes ballistic! As as you win it. Yeah! Yeah! Hello and welcome to another episode of Red Side of the Trent. Much like Forest defence, we're not quite at full strength tonight. So with myself, um Reece Lane and Adam Wickler, we're joined by Robert Nettle. Um, Forest were beaten 2-1 on the opening day of the campaign as the curtain came up on the 23-24 season. Adam was our man on the ground uh, down at the Emirates stadium. Um team selection I guess our team p- picks itself pretty much doesn't it now. Um was it what you expected and and what did you make to the lineup that uh, Cooper had gone for?
0: I think I thought we would go with uh, at least someone up top to that like, that like could hold hold play up at least A bit like like Chris Wood's been used uh, recently obviously Johnson only got like 70 minutes against Frankfurt didn't he just before season kicked off so I was a bit surprised by that but I think everyone else kind of picks themselves really and I don't think I was expecting too much other than what we did at the city ground trying to try and frustrate Arsenal try and make it compact and hard and difficult for him but I, th- I think overall he probably I don't think he really had any other choice I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone in with anyone else with with what we had I think the bench looked a lot stronger than last season when we was away at Newcastle. I think everyone would agree with that at least, wouldn't
4: they? Yeah, absolutely. The bench was, it was nice to see the bench a little bit stronger, to be fair. I mean, into the game itself, I suppose the game started in the sort of fashion that we kind of anticipated it would do with about, I think they flashed the the possession up after about six minutes and we'd had about 3% possession or something stupid like that. Um, But incidentally, it was actually Forrest who got the first chance, uh, Rob, through Brennan Johnson. I mean, did he ever look like scoring? He just seemed a little bit too rushed to me, like he had a bit more time to set himself. I mean, I mean, what do you make of the mist, uh, first of all? And, and did you kind of think he would bury it or did, could you see what was going to come?
1: I mean, you guys, you've seen me play football a couple of months ago, so I've got to be careful what I say. Um, but I thought, when he went through, I thought, you can go around and keep her you've got loads of time. Just take, take a touch, get around him and slot it into empty net. And he, he just shanked it, and then I watched one at replays, and it must have gone about ten yards wide at goal and like that's shocking yeah. for a I mean, he's an international footballer yeah, that's got to be better than that
4: yeah I think um you're right i mean it, I think it knocked someone's hot dog out there and on the in the upper <laughs> tier i think it was it was ridiculous um. But yeah, I mean, he, he, like I say, he just uh, again, we've said on this podcast before, we never like to kind of, oh, he should have done this, he should have done that, because at the end of the day, he's a pro footballer. He'll be in that situation hundreds more times and he'll probably score more than he misses. But uh, yeah, he just looked like he needed to set himself a little bit for me. It's just um, one I... of
1: those as well, where you don't get many chances in games like that. And when you get it put on a plate like that for you, you've got to take it.
4: Absolutely. Um, and I mean, the. You could see what was going to come. Arsenal get one chance and they score. Um, I actually thought up until the, the, they scored, they didn't really create much at all. I think Forrest's game plan kind of um, it, it worked to, down to the ground, to be fair. Um, Reese, obviously the goal did come. The first goal, um, talk us through it. What what went wrong and uh, who, who do you pin the blame on for the first one?
3: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you in the sense that I thought of shape and Cooper said this in his post-match, I thought his shape in the first 25 minutes was fine. Um, You know, Arsenal had all the ball as we expected. um, Didn't really do much with it. And as you just discussed with Rob, we had that really good chance to um, get ahead. And literally, as Rob said, that's what I generally thought Johnson was going to do. I thought he was literally going to set himself and then take it round Ramsden and slot it in. And 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 to be honest, I had full confidence in him doing that. Um, But... This is the fine margins we speak about, is in the Premier League? We've had a glorious chance of not taking it. And then Arsenal, you kind of say their opening goal was half a chance, maybe. They've got a shot in on goal because it's deflected. And I generally think Turner would have probably saved that if it hadn't got that little deflection, which is very unlucky for a not really much you can do there. But um, it's a bit of class isn't it, for Martinelli? <laughs> It's one of them. I wouldn't really pin the blame on anyone massively. I mean, he's gone in between two players with a, a turn of skill, which is it's good from their perspective. I mean, if Gibbs White had done that to two defenders, would have been banging on about how good it was. Um, obviously, from our perspective, it's not ideal because two on Rom, really, you should really be winning that battle. And then, obviously, it's been played into the area to Enquetier and he's got a shot. And, he, you know... At these big six teams, as a so called, that little bit of luck never seems to go your way, does it? And as I've just said, it looked like Turner would have probably saved that and it's got that little nick off one, it's sent it over the top of him and, you know, we're 1-0 down. And as soon as you go behind against these type of teams, it's, as we've said on previous pods, it's an uphill battle already, um, never mind being 1-0 down and then it just changes the game as it did before half-time.
4: Yeah, I I actually don't think the first goal is one of those goals that you blame anyone, to be honest. I think, um, I know the order of the day for me is you've got to, if we're playing that sort of football to keep things kind of compact, you've got to kind of make it stick a little bit better in the other half of the pitch. Um, But again, that's more of a collective rather than pinning the blame on. Now, the second goal actually caused a little bit of um, controversy, shall we say, in our group chat. Um, I'll come to you, Adam. Now, Christian actually, he won't mind me saying this, but Christian actually thinks Turner should have done better um, with Saka's goal. Um, you know me; it's a waste of time me judging it because I used to play goal and it was never my fault. So, um, Adam, does Christian have a point that should turn no, under a little bit?
0: No, there? no, no, he doesn't. If he was here, I'd absolutely lambast him for it and all because he, it's Morgan Gibbs White should just clear the ball. I don't understand what he's trying to do at left back. Johnson's actually made a really good run when you see it on the highlights. Just down the line, just clip it down the line. Clear your lines. Get get rid of it. We don't need to concede so early. I mean, I think when we conceded that, it, we we could have almost gone and and collapsed like last season, really. But it's a terrific strike from Bukayo Saka. Take nothing away from it. He's curled it round Willie Bolly, I think, or Mangalo. It's one of them. I can't remember which. And and it's and it's hit the side netting. No keeper is saving that. I mean, I don't know where Christian gets got this whole thing. And I don't think you'll mind me arguing the case that he, he dived too late <laughs> fucking gone in the top corner
4: yeah i mean my my argument with that take was that the keeper's not going to dive until he's got a clear sight of the ball and i think yeah. he sees because of where because of where bolly stood i think he sees the ball pretty late anyway but, but, um, but
0: christian christian already had a, a an agenda against matt turner before he even signed for us so i think i think he kind of has gone off on that really and I actually, and I mean I'm sure you'll ask about Matt Turner but I thought generally overall he, he had a solid debut for us and I think whoever whoever will cover that later on will, will agree with me I don't think anyone gets cleared to it for me you you, you lambast Morgan Gibbs-White because he has to clear the ball first and foremost do that fancy shit in the final third that's what you're paid to do really for us um, and unfortunately and I think he'll hold his hands up and probably apologize to, to his teammates in the dressing room afterwards I'd have thought
4: did um, just very very quickly, Reese and Rob. Do you think Christian's got a point with the Turner criticism?
1: Or all right, I say I, I don't think Turner's getting no keeper's getting nowhere near it. It's in the top corner. It's it's just one of those goals. It's the stuff before, like Adams just said. Gibbs White. That's that's one my major gripe with Gibbs White. He'll take one too many touches sometimes, and like yesterday, there's a ball on that line. Just put it down line. And we'll start again.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, me and you, it's against Christian the group, aren't we? So um, you know, the only thing I will, I will defend Christian the tiniest bit and say he did agree that it should have never got to that stage, but which we all agreed with. But now, nah, no chance for me, as Adam said, Saka used Bolly as a marker, and with you know, Bolly was like a statue there. And he just when you got that quality player, just bend it round him and. For me, this is my opinion, I don't think no keeper in the world gets to that, personally, but um, that's for me. Um, I think that's extremely harsh to be blaming on Turner. Same as Adam, I thought he was pretty solid yesterday, personally.
4: Yeah, a couple of factors for me, I think. I think maybe we're quite... We were quite blessed with Samba, weren't we? I think one of Samba's main attributes is that he was very quick across his lines. So if he did see things late, he probably made quite a few saves, um, that he had no right to save sometimes. Um, and then I guess, I think this will be a thing that Turner gets thrown at him quite a lot. The more he plays and the more he concedes, he does look quite small for a keeper. I tend to think, um, but again, I mean, in terms of the goal yesterday, I, I agree with you guys. I don't think, uh, in any way, shape, or form, he's going to get that, and I don't think Dean Anderson would have got it either. Uh, we saw him get beaten by all sorts of worldies last year, didn't we? So, um, I think that's going to be a pattern emerging this season. Though it's going to be, oh well, Anderson would have saved that. Well, we haven't got Anderson yet, so we've kind of got to back, it's back the second- Turner.
0: Second consecutive season that world is beating a goalkeeper in it because Fabian yeah. Shaw scored one last season for yeah. Newcastle. didn't he's, he?
3: He's appa- he is apparently nearly six foot three. Lee Turner, according is to. Is it? Well, perhaps he's deceiving then. Mm. Perhaps I should so, have waited until
4: I've seen him in the flesh on Friday night to make. Yeah, that good.
3: it says height one point nine meters, and that converts to just under six foot three. Um, You're
4: not using Wikipedia again, are you, Reese?
3: <laughs> um, again. <laughs> well, I, I'd imagine they've got his height right, but um, who who knows with Wikipedia? Maybe what? um.
4: Well, if you look in five minutes, it'll save seven foot three because I'm going to change it now. <laughs> <Yeah,
3: 1. laughs> 1.4 metres. To...
4: Yeah, so I mean, moving on to the game, uh, further into the game, I suppose. Adam, I'll come to you. Uh, sorry, Rob, I'll come to you uh, with the penalty incident. We've got to talk about it. Um, I think I know what all three of you will say. Was it a penalty when Declan Rice handled in the box? Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker, shock I didn't think so. Um, they spoke about it for about 14 seconds because it was Forrest. Um what were your thoughts on that incident?
1: I spoke to you about this last night, and when I was speaking to you, I was like, "Yeah, that's definite penalty." But I've seen it a few more times this morning, and I think it's one of them. It's it's incredibly harsh if it's given. I just I don't I don't know where he's jumped up. and his arms are there. I, I think if it's other end at pitch and it's McKenna jumping up like that, I think they are, I'll probably have a look at it. And that's me with me, Forrest, by you know, rose tinted glasses on, and I ate top six and all that kind of stuff, but. I don't know. I just think it's harsh. It, I did say to you it was like the Maguire one last year, but I watched it a few Definitely. more times and it's it's a lot. It's not for me.
4: Reese Adam, do you have anything else to offer on the, the penalty incident?
3: I think how I'd best describe that is, you know, we're all a similar age and when we was growing up, that is never in a million years a penalty. But in this day and age of VAR and other um, bits and pieces... I kind of get where Cooper's coming from, where you'd think it might at least get a check. And I also agree with Rob that if that's at the other end, um, that probably does get a check. Um, <laughs> the problem is it's the consistency, is I've, I've seen the um, the Luton one on, um, on Twitter where they got one. There was one for Chelsea today which wasn't given. Handball's just so subjective. I think you never... It's going to be so... Ri- Hard to get that consistency, and that is kind of where the really I think struggling with it. Um, and the the problem is as well if the referee doesn't really spot, like you know, that that Luton one yesterday, if the referee's not spotted that on the pitch, you know, go with the referee's decision. These, you know, you're just trying to bring get decisions what are so subjective, and is it a clear and obvious error? Not really. I, I just I get where Cooper's coming from in the sense that yeah, it probably deserved a check, but and I have seen him given, but and I have seen him not given for that. So it's it's a tough one. Um, but I'd say not for me personally if I had to make a decision.
0: I, I don't think it was clear and obvious enough. I, I'd have liked to have like seen it come up on the big screen at least to make them a, a bit sweaty about it. But I think I think they I think they checked in. It was just kind of we're gonna go with what, what the on-field decision because it, Declan Rice doesn't actually know anything about it, to be honest. I think if like Bolly heads it and then it hits Rice's hand, I think that's actually a bit more of a case, but it actually just hits Rice, doesn't it? Bolly doesn't actually get anything on it. So I think it kind of changes. In, in that sense, really, for me. So, yeah, I, I agree with everyone else. It's It would have been harsh.
4: Yeah, I, I tend to... I like the point you've just made there, Reece, about you about the one at Luton's being given and the one for us is not. And the, the thing that will rile the paying spectator, I think, is the inconsistency with the handball. I mean, everyone knows I'm a match official. I'm officially at the point where I don't know what constitutes deliberate handball anymore, um, which is extremely worrying. Um, I hope none of the teams I'm about to ref this week are, are listening. But it, it, you see them, you see the ones like the Chelsea one earlier. Does everyone walk around with their hands near their chest? Is, are we saying that's a natural position? I, I just, how, how is that not handball this afternoon in the Chelsea game? The one yesterday for us, I think, was slightly different. I was similar to you last night, Rob, uh, through several pints of... Um, God knows whatever I was drinking. I thought it was a stonewall penalty, the worst decision that Michael Oliver's ever made. Um, well, that VAR's ever made. Again, I've seen it today. It would have been incredibly harsh. We, we wouldn't have been if that had been at the other end, I, I do think it would have been checked. I think because it's Arsenal. It does exist. People can say what they want. We might sound bitter, we might sound salty top six bias is, is firmly in existence. So I think it would have uh, been checked at the other end. I mean, let's move on to more positive stuff. We did score a goal. Um, Sod's Law, I've been to Arsenal twice and seen us lose 5-0 both times. I choose not to go, and we score and play quite well in the second half. Um, Reese, the goal from a one-year. It was nice to see him in the squad, for starters, I suppose, because we, we thought he'd be out. Um, what did you make to his goal? I suppose it was a it was an unbelievable run from him, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean it was the perfect counter-attacking goal on it. We'd literally gone from their corner wanted and to put it in the back of their net. Um, I mean a just reminded me of for those who play FIFA of you bringing off someone off the bench with like ninety-nine pace when the other team are absolutely shattered so you could just run past them all. And I mean, fair play to him. Um we discussed it in pre-season about that he is just choosing the right thing to do um more often than not. And he's after he's ran what's he ran probably 80 yards to then um, put in the pass to a one you done really well to get in front of Ben White and also has made an absolutely superb run. Yeah, it was it was a it was a brilliant goal from us. Um something I did notice as well, I just think a one you looked a lot quicker in that. He looked it looked a yard quicker for me. Um And the movement, like I just said, to get in front of Ben White, who's an international defender. I know um, he's had his issues with being in the England setup, but he is an international defender. I thought that was a really good goal. And then Arsenal were on the road. I think that crept in and then there was very deep and then there was holding on a little bit. And the problem... For, for us was that I think it was six or seven minutes come up we just wasted wasted the stoppage time and um, we gave the ball away far too much because I generally think if we'd have got we pumped a few balls into their box with the likes of um, was volley still on at that point or did he come off no it was Warrell who come off on 10 yeah. um, and you know with the likes of Kiate who definitely come on we might have caused a problem might have got a chance but um, no fair, fair play to the team because I'm I'm the same as you, Lee. I didn't go yesterday and I've been to the Emirates twice to watch Forest and I've been seen as been beat 5-0 twice and basically roll over and have his bellies tickled and yesterday, that latter period of the second half, we had a a real go and last season, I think we got a bit of stick for um, us guys having a go at the team when we was going to these bigger clubs, but that was just because we didn't want to see us go there and Roll over and have his belly tickle. We just wanted to see us go there and actually show a bit of fight. And I thought at the end of the game yesterday, they did that. Um, so yeah, I think this will probably be one of the most positive pods we've had when we've lost today.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's interesting you've you've kind of brought me nicely onto the next point that's on my list. Um, I saw a lot of stick for the the way we set up again yesterday on social media. I know that we've said on this pod before that you take a lot of what you see on social media with a pinch of salt anyway because it's typically people having an opinion that have usually never kicked a football or anything. Um, But yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of, oh, it's negative, it's boring, it's dull. But, I mean, Adam, do you think yesterday might prove to be sort of a almost like a, a negative but a sliding doors moment for Forrest in terms of you know, proving that they can go to the bigger places, go a goal or two behind and then come back and, and, you know, it almost felt like by the time we finished yesterday, I actually felt disappointed we'd not got something out of that game. Uh, and that sounds stupid to think that we had so little of the ball. Um, but do you kind of see from both, do you see, the, do you understand the concerns over the negativeness of the football and the, you know, how Cooper wants us to set up? Or do we, do you think we'll look back on yesterday as a, as a big moment?
0: I, I I agree with you in terms of the sliding doors reference there, because first half we looked like we were we weren't ever going to come out of the shell, other than the Johnson chance, and then second half we we got right into Erdogan. I mean, I think I remember Erdogan getting the ball, and Yates just went straight through him. He didn't he wasn't bothered about the ball too much, but he was like, I'm here. And it and it kind of you got that from Mangala, you got that from Danilo Yates, and, and and we started to press from the front, and actually. Started to give Arsenal a few things to think about, and you kind of just think, why, why didn't we do that first half? But I think what I will give credit to the team for is we look a hell of a lot fitter. We look a lot more established a lot more competitive in that region. Because I thought last season we just got done mainly for fitness, and then obviously with fitness comes the quality. So when we're tired, we're just we're lacking it. You could see it by the end of the game when we were chasing it. Uh, those mistakes, obviously Yates put in putting uh, Erdegaard through or Havertz through, I can't remember now, towards the end of the game when he needed to hook it back into the box kind of thing to keep the pressure on. Um, So I think it is something to build. It kind of reminded me of the Liverpool away game last season where we got a bit of joy and that kind of gave us a little bit of belief. And I think that will give us a lot of belief, especially against the teams that you expect to be in and around us and and like a bit bit mid-table where we can go to those places and give teams a real... Think about what we're going to do, especially on the counter attack. Obviously, like Reese alluded to, Alanga and a one, he looked absolutely rapid, and then you you get that with a hundred percent fit Johnson, and obviously when Gibbs White's a bit more back up to speed after his, after a, a long break from from the Euros, we'll we'll be will be a lot of chaos up front. I'd I'd like to think from Forest, so something to build on. I do think Cooper will want more controlling games. That I think that that might that will come against teams that are in and around us, maybe at home more so than away. Um so we might we might see that old style of like what Billy Davis had where away from home we was a bit more rigid and a bit more like harder to beat, and then at home we're a bit more expressive, hopefully. So we'll we'll see, won't we?
4: We certainly will. Um we are gonna do some player ratings, but just before then we're gonna to go to our slept on it thoughts. <laughs>
2: Red side of the Trent. (laughs) Slept on it thoughts.
4: Um, Thanks as ever to everyone who sent them in. Uh, So, Johnny Ancliffe said a decent performance overall, especially second half. Lots of positives. All three debutants played well. Add them rattled at the end. Massive improvement on last season's show at the Emirates. Roll on Friday night. Gary said, look, very solid and organised throughout. Needed a deflection and a wonder goal to break us down. Not enough going forward still, but that all changed once a, a one-year came on and we had a focal point. Tom Newton says, Tom Newton sent us two tweets. Having been to the game, if we showed the same aggression in the first half as we did in the second, we could have drawn that or even shithoused to win. It was all in Arsenal. It was all Arsenal in terms of ball retention. We do have quality in certain areas, though, and the two goals Arsenal could have been prevented. Jesus Thomas, full stops here, pal. Uh, I.e. stopping Martinelli earlier and MGW losing possession, well, that's not taking away two quality goals by Arsenal. If we had three or four more quality players, we can easily finish 13th or 14th. Uh, Premier Elliot says Arsenal outclassed us in the first half. As much as how good Brennan is, he isn't the solution alone up top. Turner could do nothing for the goals, hint-hint Christian, but gave a superb performance. I'm confident in him as our number one. We attack hard on Friday, though great pod work over pre-season as per. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, Danny Tring says, "One you by far our most important player. We need to be more proactive against all sides as we can compete in this league. Feel like we really, really need a quality central midfielder." Uh, Grant Fellows says, "We started like we expected, and apart from a couple of moments where we switched off, held them really comfortably." after the changes we looked a real threat and they were worried can we maybe try that last 20 minutes for maybe 70 minutes and dave ball finally says bring on friday despite the result that's progress we defended well with turner looking a good signing and despite the gulfing resources that was much improved on last season we need to weather an awful storm of away fixtures hopefully with some positive positive positivity at home and then kick on uh, thanks ever to everyone sorry if i've not managed to read yours out
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: Um, so we will move on to some player ratings. Um, Adam, since you very nearly stole my thunder with him, I believe it was you or Rhys, uh, we'll start with you and you're going to be given Matt Turner. How did he get on yesterday?
0: I thought he was fairly solid. He commanded his area. He he was active, which I quite like. Joe you know, when he Joe like Navas last season would slow the game down a bit too much. There was an incident where Turner got the ball second half and an Arsenal player kind of tried to play it round him and he kind of like did a almost like a shuffle pass like you would see in basketball or American football I mean that's where probably his roots come from I guess and he got us he got us on the way a fair few times and and, it, and he can kick the ball over the halfway line so that's a bloody plus as well so yeah I think overall solid made some good saves the one against Declan Rice I think second half low to his left was superb I mean that's going right in the corner I mean Declan Rice must have think what what's he got to do to beat him um yesterday <laughs> Pe- peppered our I think him the most out of anyone uh surprisingly so yeah Solid, solid, solid debut. I think there's more to come from him. I think obviously if we're still looking to bring in Dean Henderson, it's it offers great competition because I think either of them you'd be you'd be fairly happy with, I guess. So, we'll, we'll see. I think I think more to come.
4: Yeah, I do get the impression another goalkeeper will be signed at some point. Uh, Rob, I'm going to give you a player that me and you have had many a conversation about over the years, uh, and Joe Worrell. Um, just before you give your take on him, I actually thought Joe Worrell was outstanding yesterday. Um, so take it away.
1: Yeah, that with the uh, Joe Worrell that plays at the City Grimes, Joe mm. Um Actually looked like a competent Premier League defender yesterday. Uh, unlucky with the first goal, like I say. He's trying to make a block, it deflects and it goes in, so that's not his fault. Um, but yeah, every time Arsenal were getting out wide, putting crosses in, he was always there, cutting it out. He got all his tackling right I don't think any of the back three played badly yesterday to say we're missing probably our best two centre-halves yesterday, the three that were in there did a a good, solid job.
4: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you, to be fair. I think um, you look at that uh, back three and it's kind of not as strong as people would want it, is it? But, uh, yeah, I I tend to agree. All three of them were pretty good yesterday. Uh, Reese, i actually just changed yours. Um, I'm actually going to give you a player that didn't play uh, in a a bit of a change of tact. Um, An interesting name among the substitutes, I thought, was Lewis O'Brien. Now, we have had conversations about Lewis O'Brien on this podcast before. Um, I just wondered what you, where you think, what it means by being on the bench yesterday. Do you actually think he, Cooper sees him as an option? Or do you think it's maybe a little play by Cooper to tell the board that I don't really rate Cooper. Uh, I don't really rate O'Brien and you need to get me a centre midfielder. Um, I just thought it was an interesting, to say he's not done any pre-season really. I just thought it was an interesting inclusion on the bench.
3: Out of curiosity, can I ask you originally? How you were
4: going to have you were gonna have Tywo, but you've kind of covered him. I, I yeah, gave yeah. you the other question yeah, about yeah. him, didn't I? So,
3: um, Yeah, but back from the Championship, I, I've, I've said this on the pod before, he, he was the one player I looked at when the Huddersfield beat us at ours, who got the better of Garner and Yates that season. There was very, very little players who did that that season. Um, so I really admired him from them. I was buzzing to sign him. Um, I thought he obviously had the man of the match performance against West Ham um, as I mentioned to some on Twitter you know the sentiment that day for West Ham one of them's just gone for 105 million for example I'm not really sure what's happened ever since then I think he's made six starts six or seven starts for us and um, he obviously come on that time against Fulham, where it was. I think the whole most of the fan base were raving about him, and then it. Obviously, I think it was a Leicester game uh, when we got absolutely tranced away, and ever since then it's been a bit of a nightmare. Well, it has been a nightmare um, in the forest centre for him because, you know, he didn't make the twenty-five man squad, and then he's gone out on loan because our window had shut to with respect the MLS, where it's a bit of a retirement home. Um, so for a player who's like twenty-four, is he maybe? Not not the ideal situation, but it was better for him to play some football, some competitive football rather than no football. Um, unfortunately, no, I don't think it's part of his plans personally. Um, I find it very strange that um, Gustavo Scarpa's took his number and then Gustavo Scarpa's. It does seem to look like it's being moved on as well. So, and then obviously O'Brien's got like what is it number thirty two, um, which kind of. Says to you, he's not involved really, it's just that we're probably in terms of depth a bit light on numbers, aren't we? So that's probably why, um, with the nine subs as well these days, why he's probably got onto the bench. Um, like you said, Lee's not seen anything in pre season, he obviously didn't come on yesterday. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to be honest if he didn't play for us again, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um unless he maybe played in the Carabao Cup, possibly if he's still here then, which is a shame because I rate him. But I just I just can't put my finger on it personally because he just seems such a Cooper type of player to me. Um, I can imagine he w- would have been a player who Cooper would have, um, and Dave Murphy at the time, probably would have put their heads together and been really positive about signing. Um, he's a player who can carry the ball. I just at times don't think we've got enough of them in our team, especially away from home when, someone's got to show some balls to get on the ball and get us out which in the first half I think they were really struggled with so yeah i think i think it's a bit of a strange one personally and i'm not going to get all conspiracy theory on this and do a million you know, and a matatize but i just think something it's just something not right for me on that one um i just i just don't seem to get it, it, it you know you know what cooper might have had him for six months and four Actually, I don't fancy this player. Um, that can happen, you know, as most famous managers used to um, sack players off after a week, didn't he? I think Gary Megson comes to mind, he didn't fancy. So, um, yeah, it's, it's disappointing, but I don't think, personally, I don't think really he does have a future for us. And if we can, if that is the decision of Cooper and the club, and if we can get back the money we paid for him or near enough, then you just have to move on, really.
4: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Again, not being a, a conspiracy theorist or anything, but I've got a feeling that Cooper probably knows that he's got a lot of central midfielders in that squad and that dressing room that have probably paid a lot more money than Lewis O'Brien. Um, not I'm not saying that the, the board are saying he's got to play these players, but I think common sense um, thing has kind of been like, you know, in the sit-down, you say, right, who can we shift on? You probably look at him as... Because he's not playing well, as someone that you can... Well, we spoke
3: yep. about this in the group, didn't we? And, you know, like I said to you, Christian and Adam, um, he's a he's sixth-choice centre midfielder at the mm-hmm. minute. That is that is the fact, really. You know, you've got the three lads who started yesterday and you've got Kiarte and Froehler who are probably ahead of them. So, if you're going to be moving players out the door and to bring funds into the club as well, you're not going to, Really hang around on a sixth choice centre mid. If you can get eight, ten million for him, as the rumours are, you, you're going to move him on. It's it's just a shame because I really rate Lewis O'Brien, um, and I, it's one I thought would have worked out for us, but it doesn't seem to be that way. And that's in football, that's how it goes sometimes.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think in terms of this podcast, it would be you know we we can't really leave out um, the talk of signings or the lack thereof signings. Um, Adam, what the bloody hell is going on with our transfer window? I mean, it just doesn't. As much as we played well yesterday, and it doesn't look like we're a million miles away, it just seems so unforest, doesn't it? I just genuinely thought we'd be spending money to kick on. Do you think it's all down to finances, or talk us through it? What's going on? It's, it's,
0: it's the lack of shirt sponsorship. <laughs>
4: um, I'm know. not
0: sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if we're trying to be cute with it and like kind of find a loophole within within. In, in some ways because we obviously try to loan Dean Henderson because we're not sure about his, his fitness and I think that's why Man United haven't allowed him to go because of the whole he's not he's not fit for a medical so therefore he, he, he might break down or whatever and then the move might not happen but then also now Man United might need him as a backup keeper because they're saying Tom Eaton's injured so, so that's a sort of very forest um, and we've obviously been linked to about 30 South American players um, and then they end up going elsewhere or just fobbing us off I mean Sanger laughed at us as well at PSV because now Bayern Munich and PSG are potentially uh, interested in him, maybe as well as Liverpool Seeing uh, Moises Casino has rejected them for Ch- for Chelsea so yeah, I, I think we wanted to add five or six quality players and then we've added, I mean we've added what, four or five haven't we Um not saying they're not quality. Chris Wood might be a bit to de- to be desired. I mean, but I thought uh, we. I mean, we've not mentioned uh, Aiden yesterday. I thought he was superb at left wing back. To be honest, on a free from Serena. I mean that's great business. So it's really hard to to know without it coming from the horse's mouth, as as you will, because we we don't know. We don't know what the whole deal is with financial fair play because we spent so much money last season. So I, I really don't know. I'm I'm un- I'm very unsure, but I- I'm hoping that Cooper moans enough. Like, I mean, I- I'm waiting for him to come out of stellar signing soon. Um, that he gets what he wishes for because after watching yesterday, we get two or three in. I think we we to that that mid table, lower mid table, quite comfortably. If I'm honest.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree. I think. Um... I just found it really fascinating. I, I I did expect the to be a really random selection. I know it's not really Cooper's style, but I just expected someone like O'Brien to start or something like that to be honest yesterday. Um Rob, if I could if I could say to you now Forrest i only going to sign one more player, um what position would you tend to sway towards? Wow.
1: Um
4: I get that it's it's all theoretical because we're not probably going to sign just one more. But without the wind has gone, you just never know. So, if, yeah. if the club has turned around and said there's there's money for one, um, where would we spend the money?
1: I think it all depends on what formation we're going to be playing as well going forward. Because, um, obviously, it's going to be a bit different away from them than what it is potentially on Friday when we're against a lesser team. Um, I'd probably say another midfielder, a, a real quality central, central midfielder. Like the guy from PSV, I can't say his name, um, can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. But I think he'd have been a good addition. Um, again, I only asked for one position, but a centre midfielder would be top priority list and then maybe another forward after that. But we only need three or four more quality additions, I think, anyway, before window closes.
4: Yeah, I think so. I I do expect three or four. But then again, I've been saying that uh, by the first match of the season, we'd have our squad pretty much sorted. Clearly, it's not. Um, I'm going to throw this one out to all of you, to be honest. I think, given what everyone's been talking about on social media over the past week, it would be silly of us not to discuss a certain Jed Spence. Now, obviously, the the, the rumour mill's in full flow. And it was mentioned that Tottenham might offer Jed Spence as one of the three players it's now two because joe roden's gone to leeds uh, as one of the three players in a deal for Brandon johnson now it's a really simple question if jed spence was interested in the move would you have him back at nottingham forest this summer we'll start with you reese
3: in a heartbeat mate you know my, you know my feelings on spence um in an absolute heartbeat um it it got to be interesting. He's been he's got no future as he at Tottenham. Um, you know he wasn't in their squad today. Apparently, according to the press, um, down south he's been transfer listed. So, um, that clearly, obviously, he's got no future. So for him, really, to get a chance at another Premier League team and a Premier League team who he's had success at before, it'd be no brainer for him. Surely, um, yeah, I, I'd I'd love him back because. It's like yesterday with us playing a five. Like, I, really, I do like Orie, Aurier, but is a really good defender, but when you're playing a five and you need to get out, your wing back's got to get out and push it, and push the ball forward. And there was probably two or three times, I think, in the first half yesterday where ore did that and Martinelli just caught up with him and nicked it off him. And it was that yard quicker where Spence would get, would push it out and he'd go and then would be away. And especially when you're playing teams on, on the counter-attack away from home, like, going to do probably nine times out of ten away from him let's be honest you need your wing backs to be able to push out you, you've seen today how much chelsea you play a back five rely on reese James and chill to push you know chill scored in nearly, and there were several times i know it got to slide but there were several times he nearly scored again because they're literally playing is like and that you, your actual wingers as well so um there's several arguments on Twitter. I know everyone's got their own opinion. Um, I don't get where this notion that he can't defend has come from. I don't I don't agree with that at all. There's obviously people saying, which is fair enough, you can say about he's only done it in the championship, but he did impress in the FA Cup games, you know, Gabriel Martinelli gave him a glowing review, didn't he? And there's also the other argument saying we've got four players who can play on that side. Well, You've got to think long-term as well as short-term because Aure probably isn't going to be here next year, let's be honest. Nico Williams will be because of the money was spent on him and he, he has improved, I think, at the back end of last season before he got kicked in the face. Um, So he obviously will be here and he can play both sides. Obviously, Aina, like Adam said, I agree with him. I thought he did really well yesterday um, coping with Saka um, because he loves to cut in on his left, um, to sack like I and Robin used to back in the day. But he's only on a one-year deal, but I believe I, I, think that can be extended. And then the other one is being Connie, who, who's had a really serious injury. And with respect to the lad, he, he seems a nice lad in all the videos. Didn't really get a chance when we was really struggling before that. So I don't really think Cooper fancies him a lot. If I'm going to be completely honest, that's just my point. So that kind of leaves you really with what with one then Nico is definitely going to be here next year. And So Spence is, what is he, 22, 23?
4: just turned 23, If you, if
3: you could get him for, you know, for, I think Spurs played about 15 million for him. If you could get him for like 10 million and on a five-year deal, for me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, the, the only argument, the other way I'd go is, you know, and I'm talking very negatively, obviously, if we was to get off to a really bad start and then the board decided to make a change, He's obviously only really shown anti under Cooper that he can knuckle down and get on with his football if obviously someone come, else come in. And this is all hypothetically speaking, would he kind of be, you know, go off the rails again? Because I'm a massive fan of um, Postacoglu, Um and it seems like he's come in and he's an attacking manager as well, Postacoglu. And it seems like Spence has just come in and he's not impressed him at all as well. So. Yeah, it's an interesting one, but I'd love to have him back personally.
4: Adam? What
0: what else do you add to that? Oh, he, he scores bangers. Um, so, you know, get him in. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Reese. I mean, it's like what you said about when Aurier did really well to intercept. He, he looked to cut across Martinelli and he just just bodied him, really. I mean, I thought Aurier was probably one of our weakest players or well, first half, especially second half, he, he did he did pretty well, actually. So, yeah, I, Spence is a no-brainer for me. He, him and Garner were the ones from those loan signings you'd have wanted to keep at, at, at all costs when we first come up. And unfortunately, we got fucked over by Man United, to say the least. And, then, and Spence had his heart going back to London, didn't he? So... That that was just that just happened to be the case. So yeah, I'd have Spence back, especially if if the, if it's such a cut price. I mean, I'd be I'd be almost inclined to be a bit cheeky in terms of if our finances aren't right, or it's a way of getting around FFP and spending money in a different position. We say to Tottenham we'll loan and we'll have an obligation to buy at the end of the season for ten million. So. We don't spend that right now. We spend that next summer where the, the year takes over and then you, you, you it all shifts on it in terms of financial fair play with a three-year period or whatever. So that's what I'd be inclined to do from a business point of view, so whether it's just whether Tottenham would go for it. And it's not like they need the money. They've just got £80 million for Harry Kane. But there would be no way I'd want to give Brennan Johnson to Tottenham in that deal unless it's ridiculous money because I think Johnson is just too valuable
4: for us at this moment in time. Anything to add, Rob? Have you got a different opinion? Would you have him back?
1: No, definitely have him back. Um, like I say, when we had him on loan, they say he shouldn't fall in love with loan players, but obviously because we had that many of them, there were that many to fall in love with. They um, were always going to go to a bigger club if we couldn't buy him, uh, and it's just not worked out at Tottenham for him. I don't think that we're going to actively go looking to buy him just as a signing. I think he'd be part of a deal for Johnson.
4: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, so it all depends on whether Tottenham want Johnson and how much they stump up for that part of it and if Jed Spence part of that deal.
4: Yeah, my opinion is very much... I, I can't disagree with anything that you've said, Reese and Adam, uh, and even Rob, to be fair. But I would only probably pursue him if Aurier was going to go to Saudi, like he's been linked with. Um, I just think this summer, it's clear that things are quite tight. Um and like you say, Rob, if, if, if it's going to be part of a deal, it is a little bit different. But I still think it might be a case of stockpiling players for the sake of it. But in terms of the profile and his relationship with Cooper, he would be a good signing. Justice for Zinconagel, by the way. I'd have had him in a heartbeat as backup to GW. But uh, there we go. Scored, he scored twice today
3: for Club Brugia, So Yeah, he did. He won 5-0, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Um, in a very smart kit as
4: well. Um... Very good looking guys in Canargo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think we missus would have had him back more than uh, I did, but uh, there we go. I, I
1: always thought it was in Canargo that Olympiacos would sign him and we'd have him on loan for a season at Premier League. And if it didn't work out, he'd just go back to Olympia Arcos.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, like Scarpa,
4: probably. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, moving on, obviously, with the Arsenal, we've, we've sorted the signing situation out. Obviously, the next game, I think all the home games are kind of going to be the pressure's cranked up on us, I think, because. The away run is so tragic with all the top teams to play that we've got to be winning our home games. Obviously, first up, there's a bit of a grudge match in terms of Sheffield United because they're going to be absolutely desperate to beat us after the playoffs, aren't they? Um, So, Adam, what would you take into consideration? The Arsenal result, would you line up the same? Would you like to see Alanga and Awanya come in? Um, should I, I mean, what I'm getting at is will we play two different formations almost at home and away or do you just not think Cooper will be that attacking at home?
0: Difficult to kind of put your finger on it. I mean, when he comes back in if he can. I mean, Cooper did mention something about it was good just to get 20 minutes out of him at the Emirates, but as Rhys alluded to, he looked bloody sharp, didn't he? He looked, he looked like he'd um, shaved a bit of, maybe that bit of extra muscle I'd say not timber because he's nowhere near like overweight or anything but I think he's just kind of he's slimlined annie because he, Cause he you know, if you watch that run with Alanga he absolutely blitzes Alanga to begin with it's a ridiculous run so yeah I'd have him back in I mean it'd be nice for him to bully jack robinson into the Trent. absolutely just ragdoll him like he did to saliva and and, and tiago silver at the back end of last season so he'd be the one I would definitely want to get in if he if he can handle the 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 minutes otherwise I think you maybe say like you you take one of the midfielders out and you do shoehorn Langer into it and maybe play him down the middle or gives white down the middle. i just I, I think Johnson's just so much better as a winger where he's got the space to punish defenses really. I think as a central striker as a lone man, he just doesn't put himself about it's not his game. Unfortunately, and I think he suffered yesterday because of it, yes, uh, against Arsenal. I think they just they knew that they should get into him, and I think Sheffield United would do the same if if he's down the middle. So I'd go a one knee and then kind of, I don't, I don't know what Cooper will do, it depends, but I don't think he will go away from that formation, unfortunately, at home. I think he will still stick with the same and hope we can, we kind of almost match Sheffield United in that sense, but they did play two strikers at the up front against uh Palace, but. Look very, very vulnerable in the middle of midfield and at, at the back, to be honest.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking of Sheffield United, Rob, um, I mean, if we thought our transfer window was intriguing, to say the least, Sheffield United has been absolutely abysmal. Um, Sanderberger's gone, Illiman and, and Daye's gone. Um, are comfortably, they two best players. I think every Sheffield United fan will tell you that. I mean, in terms of, obviously, the rivalry with Sheffield United, does this make... Is it almost the worst possible game to have it as our first home game, or do you think it is actually a bonus to have it first up and get it out of the way?
1: It's it's weird. It's like because I don't want to talk down about another Premier League club because they deserve to be in Premier League. Well, I think it's a banana skin because I think a lot of our fans, me included, after yesterday, I'll be thinking, oh that that were all right. Now nah, we've got to go and win at home. We could potentially go and lose one nil to Sheffield United. You know, now, it could happen. Um even though, like you say, they've had a shocking transfer and the top players are leaving because they're in financial ruin by the sounds of it. Mm. Um but yeah, I like I say I'm pretty confident, but there's always that potential that you know they'll they'll catch us off guard. Last year we played Fulham and Bournemouth in back to back in home games and thought we were getting six points and we got nothing.
4: Yeah, I tend to agree. I think um <laughs> you never want to play I, I always think you want to play the if you think there's gonna be teams that Again, I don't particularly like the term because, like you say, they deserve to be a Premier League club, but the fodder, the teams that you think will struggle, you look at them and you think, right, you want them to kind of settle into a two- or three-month period where the results have been poor and then November, December, you play them. Um, I think for the first month or even month and a half, they've, they've still got that momentum from winning every week. And we played Luton, Burnley and Sheffield United, all bloody first up. I'd love to know who's sorting these fixtures out for us, by the way, because they're I think it's a derby fan, it's got to be. Um... Reese, obviously, um, I mentioned there with the Sheffield United transfer window, with the players going. Do you think that makes them a more like a, a wounded animal? Do you think they'll be almost like a siege mentality? Obviously, Gustavo Harman has signed now, so he's kind of replaced Sander Berger, I suppose. Um, but yeah, what what do you make to, to Sheffield United? I know you were quite scathing about them in our group chat yesterday. Um, but again, what sort of game do you expect it to be on Friday night?
3: There's a running joke, isn't it, that they've got the only rich, the only um, non-rich Saudi owner, Sheffield United. <laughs> I mean, he's tried to sell him anti a few times, and it's not worked out. I think there was a Nigerian who was going to take over, and then there was investigating where his money had come from. So, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a mess, like Rob said um, behind the scenes. Um, I mean, obviously, I followed the Sheffield United game yesterday, just looking. Um, Obviously, Soccer Saturday and the betting apps and that. I mean, their team was so championship, in my opinion. And you look at the stats, Palace absolutely battered them on the stats. And I think it was Adam who said, uh, who's watched match Day, that couldn't believe how it was only 1-0. But I do get Rob's point of view as well. Um, I agree with him in, on the Bournemouth and the Fulham games. And um, We kind of thought, yeah, they were good games we were going to definitely win, and we, especially the Bournemouth game, but we didn't. Um, I'd like to think we'd learn because we was very naive in them two games, and I mean, looking at I know they've signed Gustavo Hamer. I think we we all like um, as a centre mid and winter minded, seeing us uh, go for him. Um, but um, we've got to be looking to get on the front foot against them and, and beat them um, with a good performance. You know, I know Christian said earlier it's about the result, and of course it is. But <coughs> I think they'll. If we was to win 1-0 and it was scrappy, I think there'd be um, a few rumblings on social media. Um, So I think we need to take the game really to them Friday night and have a real go at them and get on the front foot and probably win it by a couple of goals, to be honest, because, yeah, their team's really, really weak. I mean, they've come up, like you said, Lee, and they've not improved really. I know they've signed Hamer and a couple of other um, I think they signed like the top scorer in Sweden from Hacken, but they've lost the two best players. It kind of reminds me of when we went up to the Championship and we lost, I think it was a go-go and Commons, wasn't it? Mm. And then we ended up early doors in the relegation battle that season. So, yeah, we've got to be winning Friday night. There's just no excuses for me if we don't
0: win Friday night. The, the, the one thing I wanted to add, Lee, as well, though, is when we played Bournemouth and Fulham, the atmosphere was quite flat because we were like, oh, these are teams we've just come up with and we kind of weren't that up for it as a fan base. Whereas at least with Sheffield United, we have that history with them, with the playoff games and, and the bit of argy barge, especially like with Heck and Bottom on the sideline. We know he likes to get a bit animated. I mean, you put, put, put someone on him getting booked, at least on Friday night, with uh, with some com- sort of comment towards the referee or something or whatever, with with the new uh, rules coming in and, and leniency. So I think the, the, the crowd and obviously the occasion will definitely... Both sets of fans will be up for it, and I think it'll be a cracking atmosphere at least. So hopefully, with with us last season, we we should that should urge the team on to to really hit home. And if we could score in the first five minutes, then I think we'll we'll see we'll we'll smell blood.
3: I think it is a case of who does get the first goal. I think if we used to get it, would win. If it was they got it, then it's like you could imagine them sitting back a lot and trying to. I'm sure they'd take a point to be honest. Sheffield United if you
4: offered it, Tim. Yeah, just to get off the mark. I don't think this starts yeah. that bad, actually, up until kind of like the middle of September. So, uh, that brings us nicely onto our predictions for the Sheffield United game. Um, Rob, as you're our guest, I'll go with you first.
1: Uh, yeah, even though I said it's a potential a skin, I can't see anything other than a Forest win. Um, I think if we score early on, it could be three or four. Uh, but, conservatively, I'll say 2-0. I just think we'll have we'll have too much for them especially with attacking options that we've got compared to what they've got. Um, they'll come to frustrate. They're a hecking bottom team. They like to wind people up and get in your face. So as long as we keep our cool and, you know, go about as business, I think we'll be all right.
4: So you're going 2-0, Adam? I'm going Forrest 3-0,
0: Tyra one any time, and a Ben Osborne Cruyff turn.
4: <laughs> Towards his own corner flag, I presume? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, R- Reese.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go for 3-1 to Forest. Um, I dread to think if we don't win on Friday night, what social media will be like. But we've got to win on Friday night. It's as simple as that for me.
0: Yeah, we, we are talking to a Sheffield United fan as well, obviously, part no. of the preview. So it will be intriguing to see what their point of view is. I mean, if you if any of you guys have watched the overlap, I mean, the lad who was representing them on on there, he had no hope in, in, in hell that they were going to stay up. So... Oh, well, I wonder if this lad is a bit more positive at least.
4: <laughs> yeah, I know a few Sheffield United fans, actually. I actually worked with one and um, he actually said to me as soon as they got promoted, they'll go straight back down. And he's just hoping that the money can be used like it was last time when they got promoted to kind of spruce up the training facilities and all the, the ground needs a liquor paint and all that sort of stuff. So, very interesting that they kind of expect to be, to be fodder. Um, I'm going to go for a win as well. Um, new season, new positive uh, mentality i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for a 3-2 win i think we're gonna uh concede sadly uh but yeah i think it'll be three two and i i think Alanger might score um it'd be nice if a scored and turner saved a penalty or something and then i, I just can't wait to hear christian on the next pod um so thanks as ever to everyone for listening um we hope you all enjoy the game Friday night and we'll be back next week with uh, all the reaction. Come on, you Reds.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk sport Powered by fans.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.